0: yes indeed what's happening everyone welcome to the pilot episode of a total football club my name is alex perez i am joined by chris sued you guys might have heard our work might have seen our work previously last year around this time during the whole pandemic we were we were working on vmfc chris was a frequent guest and now chris and i have started this project first of all chris i want to welcome you to to this project that was born, honestly, last summer, but it was modified back uh, a couple of weeks ago. And now here we are. So, Chris, welcome to the show. And uh, I'm sure you're very happy because Chelsea Chelsea got a very good result.
1: <laughs> thank, thank you, Alex. I'm happy to be here. And you already know, man, Chelsea are killing it right now. We are looking pretty, so very happy right now.
0: Isn't it crazy how different your tone is? On this team compared to December, November, because I, I'm, I'm sure you were in the dumps. You didn't want to see much of Chelsea back in, uh, back in those months. How? I guess we're just gonna talk about Chelsea right now. How, how do you think Chelsea is, um, is, is doing, and how do you think they'll finish off the season?
1: So I mean. Yeah, it got ugly there for a minute and I, I it was hard to watch because it looked like the manager wasn't changing up too much. He he was trying to stay uh keep faith in his beliefs and you know sometimes that works out. So it's not, it's hard to fault him, but man, it was hard to watch. And yeah, uh now it's it's things are clicking and it's Tuchel found a, a very, a very good balance. He brought in a lot of players that were in the fringes, that had not necessarily falling out with uh, Lampard, but definitely didn't feel a, a, a part of the club. And now it feels like uh, everybody uh, has a has a chance to get into that starting eleven, and and competition's high. So iron, iron breeds iron, and yeah, iron sharpens iron. I, sh- uh, I should say, and yeah uh that that everybody's playing well it looks awesome it's it's they're, they're playing fluid football they're playing the, the stingiest defense in Europe it, everything looks looks can't complain can't complain right now
0: it it's fun to watch that's for sure it's fun to watch you you surely have a lot of fun watching this team now and again the point of reference that i have is 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 that team in november december back when frank lampard was sacked um, we'll talk about Chelsea a, li- a little later in the show because we do have quite a lot to talk about. We have El Clasico to talk about, Real Madrid and Barcelona. That game went down this past weekend. And uh, staying, uh, we were talking about a team in the Premier League. Now we're going to talk about another team in the Premier League, Manchester City. Well, not now. Um, after El Clasico, Manchester City and Leeds. What a game that was. Let's start off with El Clasico. Um Real Madrid defeated Barcelona in a very rainy, very slippery pitch. But overall, as much as it pains me, I think the better team won. And regardless of whatever result Atletico Madrid got this Sunday, which was a 1-1 draw, I think that this is Real Madrid's league to lose. What do you think, Chris?
1: Yeah, it definitely looks that way now. It definitely looks that way now. Let's go. Had the had the momentum for most of the league, they, for most of the season. They looked untouchable. They looked, they looked honestly like they were the best defense out there. And now they start, uh, they start losing games, and they start squandering leads, and wins become draws, and draws aren't aren't holding up, and it's not working out over there. It's looking very shaky. And I agree. I mean, Madrid. I they have a very. I'll say this because. I, I really uh, went in depth in this game. They have a very savvy manager. Mm-hmm. When you have that, and he has boatloads of experience now, because that was the knock on Zidane is that he he came out and became Real Madrid manager with relatively little experience, and he he's got it by the boatload now. He knows how to how to win out hard games, and you got something like that, and you got the right talent, which you know they have the most talent in the league. They can do it. As he said, it's their league to lose.
0: Thank you for bringing up Zinedine Zidane because that was something that I wanted to talk about. Um, And it was like towards the end of the little Real Madrid segment that we were going to have. But you know what? You brought it up, and that's awesome. Because even now, three Champions Leagues later, possibly a fourth one. Who knows how this plays out, how this Champions League plays out. But regardless of the titles, the wins, the streaks, uh the the points that they don't drop Zinedine Zidane still gets questioned and people still think that Zinedine Zidane is a is a manager that doesn't necessarily know much he's not very sophisticated but that's a good thing because he doesn't reinvent the wheel Zinedine Zidane knows exactly what works he sticks to to the basics he has a very strong core in that 433 especially the midfield, Casemiro, Kroos, Modric. We know exactly what they do. And then he gave Karim Benzema the strings to pull in that final third of, of the pitch. And you know exactly what Benzema can do. I think everyone knew what Benzema can do, but it just so happened that he was under Cristiano Ronaldo and Gareth Bale's shadow for so many years, and then Kaká came in at that same transfer window. So he was just under the shadow of so many world-class players, when in, in reality... Benzema is a world-class player himself, and again, Zinedine Zidane doesn't overcomplicate anything. And also, something that I noticed is that Militao and Nacho Fernandez ended up playing as as a starting tandem at center back. That might be one of the weakest pairings that Real Madrid can put up in center back, because of course, Varane tested positive for COVID, and um, and Sergio Ramos is hurt, so they put up this back line or this. Uh, center-back duo, and it worked out just fine, so it looks like Zinedine Zidane's message works on every single player, and the way that he simplifies the game for them, he I feel like he does the complicated things, and he just kind of leaves the players, the easiest thing was just, just to execute, which isn't easy, of course, but he just makes them execute, and I just went on a whole rant defending Zinedine Zidane. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that must suck so for a Barca fan, man. I'm sorry, it, but it does. <laughs> I mean, i hopefully, hopefully, what this this result means, and I don't wish bad on Barca. I, I'm not, I'm not a Barca. I don't love Barcelona, but I don't have a reason to to hate them really. But uh, what, what this means, hopefully, is that they change the manager because it, it looked like Coleman was out of his depth, at least to me.
0: Yeah, and you know what's crazy? Ronald Koeman, if you if you want to consider the amount of years that they've been managing, Ronald Koeman has way more experience than Zinedine Zidane. But it just appears as if Ronald Koeman fails in the big games. Whereas Zinedine Zidane, that's where he thrives. He'll lose to a Granada. He'll lose... Well, Granada isn't so much of a small team. They're playing European football this season. But... He loses to the smaller teams and then against Liverpool, against uh, Juventus, against Barcelona, these bigger teams where the stakes are massively high. His team always executes and it's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. I'd, yeah, they have a massive pool of talent over at Real Madrid and whenever their starters are, are not so fresh, they can always bring on quality subs. But Zinedine Zidane has this down to a T. Again, he simplifies everything and that makes life so much easier for every Real Madrid player.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'll be honest. um, When I saw the the lineups before the the match and I saw he was playing a 4-1-4-1, I was like, what is going on here? And then, so he played four midfielders in that 4-1-4-1, 4-1, he played four midfielders. I was like, what is going on, man? <laughs> He's playing Cruz and Madrig through the middle, Federico on the right, and Casemiro sitting behind them. And I was thinking, wh- you know, what? what is he doing? Like, what? Yeah, this is Real Madrid, and there's two attacking players on this field, which is Vinny and, and Benzema. And it worked to perfection. They sat there. They soaked pressure. They, I mean... That that counter was wide open. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, had a, had a had a had a match, man. I mean, he 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 looked real sus against uh, real suspect against Vinny. I'm not gonna lie, he looked real shaky going against that wing, but <laughs> he came he came alive in that second half, and he looked like he belonged, which in the, especially in the second half against Benzema, and that looked he 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 looked uh, he looked a player for Barcelona. He looked uh, although he was there there. A weak point defensively. He also was a strong point in the second half. So I'm curious to see how he pans out as a player.
0: He's young. He's very young, and surely, like you said, he'll he'll be a big part of that Barcelona defense, which Barcelona has been he, crying.
1: And he got his goal. He and did. He got his goal, man.
0: He did. Yes, he did. He did. And man, he was he was excited as he should be. But you mentioned something really interesting about the way that Zinedine Zidane uh, brought out his team to this Clásico, playing with with Casemiro, Modric, Cross, and Valverde in the midfield. Um, The biggest difference, in my opinion, is that Real Madrid is very comfortable without the ball. They can counter you, just like you said. All of the spaces that they exploited, unreal. Barcelona... It looked like their legs just weren't enough to cover those spaces. And, and Real Madrid, I mean, the way that they could sit back and counter and they're not a defensive team. They go out yeah. and they look for the result. They look for yeah. the win. They're not a defensive I, team.
1: That, that, that plays to what you were saying. He'll lose. I think that's the thing. He won't, I, I don't think he'll play the most attacking, beautiful football. And that's not to say they don't they, they they looked, they looked at times real real nice in that counter against Barcelona. But I think he, he's not going to knock his socks off with some beautiful, artistic football. But they're going to get that result that they need to win. And he's a winner, you know? He, he played... They got 31% possession in this game. And they won 2-1. And they had a two-zip two, two zip lead, and they held them in, in that, that defense in the second half. I mean, they're going to be wrong. I'm sure they... Uh, they had some scary moments at the end with when El- Elijah hit crossbow. Mm-hmm. That was amazing, my God! But he they, they got the win, and that's the important thing. Like I said, they have a manager who knows how to win, and when you have that, and Cholo Cholo knows how to win as well. But he also I don't know if he can get that result like Zidane can, and that's the difference in this league. That's the difference between first and second, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, especially when it gets so tight at the top of the table. Like, right now, Atletico is sitting in first, but they're only a point ahead of, of Real Madrid and, what, uh, two, three points ahead of Barcelona? I don't have the table in front of me right now, but it's it's very tight. And again, what makes you think that Atletico isn't going to drop any more points? What makes you think, for all we know, Real Madrid might not lose a game for the rest of the season. They might win the Champions League and La Liga. You know, so this is this is scary, man. This is scary because Real Madrid, uh, they they are they they have La Liga by the neck, and there's no way that they're giving that up. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it's fair to mention that both goals were definitely uh, produced from counterattacks, even though the second goal was off of a set piece, two deflections. Um, regardless, the ball was going towards yeah. goal, so. That that was Tony Kroos' goal, and then yeah, the in the second half they struggled, they suffered, but it was it was bound to happen. Barcelona made some attacking substitutions. They needed to to bring back some of that energy. They they needed to come back in into this game, and 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 with that momentum, of course, it was only obvious that Real Madrid was going to drop back a little bit. Is there anything else you want to add about Real Madrid, Zinedine Zidane, carrying Benzema? That finish by Benzema, by the way. Good lord. Oh my God! Yeah,
1: I, we, we talked about uh, Real Madrid, but come on, we got we got to show a lot to Benjamin on that goal. That was
0: unbelievable.
1: That was filthy. Yeah. And the, the other thing I'll say, uh, Federico and and uh, Lucas Vasquez. These guys, they're on the, they're, on the they're, they're they're usual starters at Real Madrid, but they're showing they got they got a place there. Federico was a spark plug in that in that in that midfield. He was going through the uh, Jong and Busquets like butter, and and Lucas Vazquez got that assist on Benzema's uh, back heel. It was beautiful. Maybe he's not the 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 a kafu who's gonna play there every day, every game, but he definitely has a place in this team.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, again, this th- this entire Real Madrid team is just they they're built to win, and that's that's what it that's what it feels like they're um, they're definitely going to to keep this league by by the neck and they're and they're going to probably run away with it but let's talk about barcelona now um and you can hear my tone of voice already just kind of <laughs> deflated um fr- i'm going to start this one off from the start i noticed that barcelona's defensive line was way too high and yeah, you talked about Mingesa and, and and the way that he was he was playing, being a liability in that defense. You can't be a liability when you're playing against Vinicius, who will run circles around you but for To save his life, he cannot finish and he cannot give the final pass. But that's a different story. It's still scary when he's running and dribbling at you. Um, yeah. the, that Barca defense was way too high. They thought they were Bayern Munich for whatever reason or they thought they were Barcelona of, to, of 2011. That's not the case. This is a different Barcelona. This is a Barcelona that doesn't have that creative spark so much in the midfield. And it is... Unbelievable how much this team suffers without the ball. We talk about Real Madrid, who plays so well without the ball, their movements are perfect. They they smothered Lionel Messi, and it's it's crazy. It took us 15 minutes to mention Lionel Messi. I think that tells you the type of game that he played on Saturday. But whenever Lionel Messi would get the ball, Real Madrid, that entire defense and Casemiro and even Gross and Modric, they would all smother him. Whereas when Real Madrid would get the ball, when their their attackers, when their creative guys would get the ball, Barcelona just didn't have the legs to keep up with them. And again, I, I feel like playing such a high line and and pressing so high, pressing so sloppy. You, you you can press well, you can press in an organized manner, but they were pressing very sloppy, that's why they left a lot of space in that, in that back line, and honestly, the only reason why they looked better in the second half isn't necessarily because Ronald Koeman was, made some genius adjustments, he didn't, he brought on Antoine Griezmann, which, I mean, if you have him on the bench, you're gonna bring him on, um, he brought in Griezmann, and at halftime at, at, yeah at halftime i i think he should have started this is a type of game for antoine griezmann and maybe not so much for dembele because we know dembele <laughs> we know dembele we know he's a hit or miss um but regardless um i i do think that that usman dembele maybe played way too much in this game he should have been subbed off in the in the second half whatever he started whatever uh, he should have been at at halftime not not in the second half he was subbed off in the in, in the second half but yeah i just think that that this barcelona team didn't look better because of ronald Koeman's genius adjustments they just brought in a guy with experience changed up a little bit maybe their attitude a little bit more grit um, other than that there there was no no genius adjustment by by Ronald Koeman whereas when Zinedine Zidane wanted to close out the game he mirrored Barcelona's formation and when you mirror a team's formation you're basically saying we we can play exactly like you but the biggest difference is we have better quality players so you know kind of going back and forth here on on Real Madrid but yeah I think Barcelona again they they've been struggling with the big games for years now and this is just another example and really quick before I I give it back to you Pedri he's a great player he's fun to watch he's not it just yet he's not it there was people there there was people crowning him as the next Iniesta he could very well be He could very well be, and I hope so. I hope he's the next Iniesta. But this Clásico showed that he is still many, many years away from being a player that will become a difference maker. I don't know. Maybe he, he can fall into the hype as many of these players fall into. He doesn't look like it. He looks like he can definitely be... A very, very important player in this Barcelona team for the years to come. Same thing with Anzu Fati, and he likes, of course, but not it just yet. Not it. The game was a little too big for him. A little too big. It showed he was supposed to be that link to, to help Messi free up a little bit of pressure. It didn't work. I'm not losing hope on him. Of course not. He's 18 years old, but... There's there's just something that he showed, and, and, and he showed me that he still doesn't have it. If he develops it in the next few years, he'll be a great player, but he's still very young.
1: Yeah, I think that was the theme of the team, actually, was their youth, because that back line, I'm not gonna lie, I sent it to a couple friends when I saw the, the team selection, and I said, fried chicken. Cause <laughs> Benjamin and Vinny were gonna eat, man. They they look real. They, I mean, me. I, 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 looking at it, I can't see a game. I can't remember a game in which I saw a player as polarizing as Mignoza, because he really struggled against Vinny, and mm-hmm. he gave up that that free kick that Cruz converted. Yes, and he kept. I, the one thing I kept because I kept watching him because my my friends have told me he's a good player. He kept biting, I, I, I and, and running into the midfield. And mm-hmm. when you're when you're that high up, man, they, and you keep biting like that, they're gonna make you pay. And Vinny kept making him pay over yes. and over again. So it's just, I mean, maybe they don't get it the first couple times, but you got somebody, you got quality like Cruz and Modric. They're gonna sink it, and that's what happens. So he 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 really. I don't know if he's he's the one like Pedri, like you said, but he did look. I won't. I won't lie. He looked a player in that second half. He got his goal, and he looked like he belonged against Benzema. He looked like he grew into it. So he, I guess, well, I guess he's to be TBD to be determined. <laughs> yeah. And then the other, the other two, led I mean, he's already proven himself more than. Um, then my guy in the, in in the center, I can't remember his name right now. But
0: uh, hold on, a uh, Ronald Araujo. Uh, yeah, Araujo. Yeah, yeah.
1: Araujo, who gave up the, the back heel to to Benz. Yeah. but yeah, man, they didn't they didn't they showed heart, which is great, but they are not they're not they're not Bayern Munich to, to to defend that high up, and they they didn't show enough.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I mean. It was too little, too late in that second half. I mean, the, you held the, you held uh, Real Madrid, but they were mostly counter-attacking, and they 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 wanted to push up. They could have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, this 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 Barcelona team is. It's nice that they show heart, but in reality, heart sometimes just isn't enough. You need yeah. you, you need quality. You need experience. You need a good mix of a lot of those a lot of those things and. Barcelona doesn't have it, and Messi didn't have a good game. Um, Dembele didn't have a good game. Uh, we can talk about Pedri. Uh, Pedri, he didn't have a good game. Sergio Dest was a non-factor. We didn't.
1: You know, who can't, you know who can't escape the wrath though, Jordi Alba. Mm-hmm. That guy. I'm
0: sorry, man.
1: I know he's a he's a he's a great auxiliary wing back or a, a, a left an introverted left winger somehow, but he can't be. You can't call him a left back. That guy can't defend.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's it's telling that you remember Jordi Alba because of his link-up plays with Lionel Messi and that goal that he scored against Italy in the in the 2012 Euro final. You don't remember him for any great slide tackles. You don't remember him for any any great defensive sequences. He he has his best moments in attack. So I agree, man. I agree. And he's not as fast as he used to be. So before when, you know, when, when he would lose the ball, he could make up with his speed. He, he could just catch up to whoever had taken the ball away from him. But now it's, it's, that's not the case.
1: Yeah. I, I just saw him bite in a couple bad, bad tackles that you can't just, you can't get away with, especially against a team like Real Madrid. And Federico is making him pay in that midfield.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was, I mean every Barcelona defender paid on Saturday. They yeah. they paid and they paid quite a lot. Um is there anything else you want to add for this Clasico?
1: No, I was it's I'll say this, it wasn't the uh it's not the, the, the Godzilla vs. King Kong that we're used to, but it was still a match of high quality.
0: It was It was a match of high quality, that's for sure. It was intense, it was interesting. It felt like it was going to get away really bad from Barcelona's hands, but good thing it didn't, and they kept it competitive at least, you know, to to keep us around until the final whistle. But yeah, looks like Real Madrid might run away with the league. All right, let's move on to the Premier League. Let's talk about Manchester City dropping points to Leeds United 2-1. You want to talk about misleading stats? This might be this might be the game in which you see every misleading stat in the world. Manchester City had all of the possession. Manchester City had what thirty shots on on goal, and they only converted one. Leeds United had two attempts, and they scored twice. Um, dude, I mean, what? Let's start off with Leeds. What do you? What what do you make of Leeds United? Of course, there was a little bit of a of a speed bump there when when um, Liam Cooper was sent off late in the first half, right after their goal. But what do you make of Leeds' performance against Man City on Saturday?
1: Oh, it was well earned. What a performance, man! Best oh my God! It, what a performance! the The first half was theirs. They they they. Play them out of the park. They, they. I mean, you, to to play against Man City and and have the, the you know to 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 match them, it, it's it requires a lot, man. And they they were awesome. They 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 played electric football. Uh, it was it was Man's, master versus apprentice, mm-hmm. and uh, they they got the result that they deserved. They were the better team, and that's to say that against what's going to be the, the the champions elect essentially.
0: Mm-hmm. It,
1: you, you, you gotta earn it and they earned it man they, they earned all their plaudits for this game yeah
0: the, um the, no go let ahead me ask go you, ahead though, yeah yeah, yeah. Go ahead.
1: Was, was that uh was that red card a yellow because I'm not even gonna ask if it was a red card
0: no it was not a yellow I think the decision is right it was a pretty wow. harsh tackle yeah wow yeah what uh, d- d- uh do you think it was a A bad call by the ref? Because I know they went to VAR. He checked it. And there was also an angle towards the end that didn't help Liam Cooper at all. It didn't help him at all. And I think that's what ultimately swayed the ref into sending him off.
1: I think there's definitely... I'll say this. I saw the angle that you're talking about, the one that looked a bit naughty. But there's definitely an angle that shows where it's just a regular tackle. And if you've been watching the English Premier League, think Mm -hmm. about what we're talking about right now. The Mm -hmm. English... Premier League, somebody went a bit high on a on a, on a tackle. I'm not. I, I mean, at least to me, in my opinion, it was a bit. It was it was high, but it wasn't like he, he floored him. It wasn't a kung fu kick. And he he called it a yellow, went to VAR, and then called it a red. That's that's a game changing decision. Like, it you is. Gotta have, what what changed? You know, he was right there. So what changed from the yellow to make it a red? I, I I don't know, man. I don't know. It it was just real hard to get that 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 decision.
0: It was ultimately that that angle that that angle that that we were just talking about. Maybe that that's what swayed the referee. That's that's what made him send them off. And yeah, let's be honest. That angle did it. it didn't favor Liam Cooper at all. It, it it looked like a straight sending off. Um. But yeah, I I, I mean. I, I don't think the decision was bad. I If I was a ref and I would have seen that angle, I would have been like, oh, yeah, that's that's a red for sure. But I can see it both ways. Again, I, I do think the decision is right ultimately. It's a red card. Um, But, boy, was that a game-changing uh, decision right there by the referee because Marcelo Bielsa had to bring his team back and he had to drop his team back. Because there was only 10 guys. And here's the thing. Here's the thing that pissed me off. Why did he take off Patrick Bamford? Listen, I have an irrational love for Patrick Bamford. I don't know why. Nah, yeah, Chelsea,
1: he plays Chelsea. Yeah.
0: He played for Chelsea. He played for Chelsea yeah. or for he, the youth. Through the academy. Yeah. Through the academy. Bro. We yeah. Gave up on him. It, yeah. I mean, I think he'd do wonders for Chelsea right now, even though, like, who knows?
1: Yeah. Don't who knows? We gave up on a lot of people who are showing us up you know, now. <laughs> Amasada, De Bruyne. So the, the getting, get, to getting uh, sold by Chelsea is the, the, the wrong decision.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, Patrick Bamford, a guy that was sold by Chelsea. Um, I really enjoy watching Patrick Bamford play. I don't know why I like players. I like number nines that aren't necessarily lethal goal scorers. I like the, the number nines. They're not egotistical at all. They share the ball. They share the play. They link up play and they become another weapon in the midfield in the final third. Um they're not just waiting for everyone else to do the work and them just tap in the ball. Patrick Bamford is one of those guys that that has no ego on the pitch. He'll he'll drop back, he'll he'll drift to the left to the right, he'll pressure. It doesn't matter whatever Bielsa asks him to do, he'll do it. Um Patrick Bamford seriously one of one of the best strikers in the premier league for sure one of the best forwards in the premier league um but yeah you you saw this he got the ball for the first time probably in the entire game when Leeds United scored he facilitated. he, he made it easier for the for the goal scorer who was uh the name is escaping me who scored uh Stuart Dallas Stuart Dallas yeah. scored and Elder Costa and Patrick Bamford linked up and the goals were scored. I mean, it's not a coincidence because, yeah, I mean, Leeds United was pressing a lot and they were uh, they were forcing Manchester City to make a lot of mistakes. And whenever Manchester City had the ball, they weren't very comfortable with it. And that's all thanks to Leeds' pressure. But in attack, they weren't very sharp, Leeds, um, until, again, Costa and Bamford linked up, and that happened. They scored. So, again, it's not a coincidence. Guys like that, I want them on my team. I really do. I absolutely love those types of players. Um, but then they took him off, and the team had to be dropped back. And surely, every, every Marcelo Bielsa hater will use this as an example and say, oh, you see? Well, he doesn't always go all out attack. Well, I mean, he kind of couldn't. He was down to 10 guys.
1: Yeah. He, he adjusted his team and got a win. Which what, what is exactly what we were just praising the down for. I mean, come on, let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. He, just, he, just, he, just, he just got a, a win against, the, like I said, the champions elect who barely lost any games this all year <laughs> with ten, with ten men.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. And and real quick before we talk about Man City, how about Leeds United's ridiculous fitness? Their players they were pressing yeah, at the exact nuts. same pace in the first minute. And in the 93rd minute, unbelievable, these guys are fit, and sure, the season might be a little bit shorter than usual, you know, we usually start in August, this one started in mid-September, but this team hasn't fallen off, They, their fitness is still very good, and it shows that they pressed the same exact way in the 93rd minute of such an intense game, Against the Champions-Elect, like you said, I, I really like that term, Champions-Elect. Um, <laughs> they they pressed the same exact way and they had the same exact intensity. And I know it might, might be a cliche to talk about intensity and pressing and wanting and stuff like that. But you saw it. You saw it. That forward line was pressing and they were still causing a lot of discomforts in Manchester City. Even in the 93rd minute, even at the end of the game, they were still doing it. And it it just goes to show that they're very fit. Yeah,
1: paid off. I got the you got the got the game winning goal.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. What what a finish that was, by the way, by by Stuart Dallas. Both finishes were really really nice. Um, all right, now let's talk about Manchester City. I saw the lineup, and I thought to myself, "All right, Pep Guardiola is definitely saving his players for." the Champions League game against Borussia Dortmund midweek. And then after Stuart Dallas scored the second goal and they panned over to De Bruyne and De Bruyne was frustrated with the goal that his team had just conceded, I kind of confirmed my theory that Pep Guardiola was saving his best players for Wednesday. What do you think? Do you think I'm right somewhere there or am I... Am I seeing things where they don't belong?
1: I mean, hey, man! Every every great manager has to rotate their team. They, we're just Ch- Chelsea does it with Tuchel, and they get all the praise. So sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you got to play your informed players, and sometimes you got to take a chance. I mean, the league's pretty wrapped up right now. Going, I'm playing against Le- Leeds. Is, Never a, a good a good time, <laughs> yeah. like you said. They press from minute one to minute ninety three. But you got you got to take. I mean, that's why you have this world class squad. You got to use your squad players sometimes.
0: Yeah, look, I mean,
1: look, look, look at Real Madrid. we were just we we're just singing their praises as well.
0: Yeah, you got to properly rotate, like you said. you you, you don't want to wear your players out, especially like for Manchester City. I'm sure this is going to be a topic later on. Um, not this podcast, but in a couple of weeks, and I mean, it kind of depends what happens with Borussia Dortmund on Wednesday. But this team is still well, well prepared for a quadruple. They can, they're well positioned, not well prepared. They're they're, they're well positioned for a quadruple. Of course, you want to rotate players because you still have to p- play FA Cup. You still have to play the the. It's not the Carling Cup anymore. It's the Carabao Cup. The Carabao yeah. Cup Final, sure, it's against Tottenham. Anyone beats Tottenham. But you still have to play. You still have to play that game. And then if you go far into the Champions League, you're going to have to play against either Bayern Munich or PSG, which we know that's going to be a tough game. And then in the Premier League, you got to close it out. You're 11 points away, and chances are that you might drop a few because that's the Premier League. It's the nature of, of the Premier League. So, of course, you can't blame Pep Guardiola for... For rotating his team, there's nothing wrong with that. And when I brought it up, I didn't mean it as a criticism for for Pep. For anyone listen, listening and thinking that I'm that I'm criticizing Pep Guardiola If anything, I'm praising him. But you gotta rotate the team. You gotta rotate the team, and he he did it. But um, I I noticed something, and I'm sure you noticed it too as you were watching the game. John Stones and his positioning. He started off, of course, in his regular center back position. 80th minute, he was playing as a number ten. If you were a center back, how, how envious would you be of John Stones and all the freedom he got to go so high up and take shots and create play?
1: Yeah, he was free as a bird. That no, was hysterical.
0: But I mean, this is this is the game you're gonna take it. This is they're
1: down to ten men. you you're it's one one. Why not why not push for the result at that time? I mean, it, it, it like you said, it backfired. But you got you got to try. You got to try for the win, man. Nobody wants to see a one-one draw, especially against ten men. You got to you got to try for the win. That's why you got all those points anyway.
0: Yeah, of course, of course, you have a pretty big cushion anyway. But um, really quick before we we move on, I want to talk about Benjamin Mendy and how much of a non-factor he is. Um, I mean, the poor guy. Of course, he was hurt. For a long time. He tore his ACL in like his first game as a city player, or his first games on I can't recall. But since then he hasn't been the same. And he started against against Leeds United this weekend. And I didn't notice he started the game until like the 30th minute. I'm like, wait, who's playing left back for Manchester City? I'm like, oh, it's Mendy. He hasn't touched the ball. I haven't seen him do anything. So that's why. Even when he's fit, they pick Sinjenko or Fabian Delph to play left back rather than Benjamin Mendy. I'm sure Benjamin Mendy's leaving Manchester City at the end of the season. I mean, you you can't really, I don't know, you, you you can't give him any more chances. You've given him as much as he could. Is it a little bit unfair? Yeah, maybe, but this is a team that is poised for a quadruple. I don't think there's space for players like that.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough, man. Uh, Mendy's found life in uh, life in England tough, man. He was such a promising left back at Monaco, and a lot of those players, if you if you look at that that Monaco team that made the, the final four in the Champions League a few years ago, a lot of those players were destined for great things, and they didn't pan out. So it's it's tough, man. Sometimes it doesn't work out that the way you are, the way it looks. And Mendy got a tough break in England, man. He, like you said, he got he got hurt, and. uh Pep keeps picking him, but he doesn't look like the same player anymore, and it's a tough, it's a tough situation. I think he's gonna to move to. I think they're gonna look for a left back. I'm, I'm not sure who they can take. Marcos Alonso, if
0: they want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe they'll take him as like a third choice or something like that. <laughs> uh, if if that. Um, but you know what? It, it wouldn't be the craziest thing because he's Spanish, so. Yeah, the communication. I'm not saying that that's the only reason why he would join Manchester City, but you know, the the communication wouldn't be wouldn't be an issue should he go to Man City. Him and, and the no. coaches would communicate quite well. Um, yeah, go ahead.
1: No, I say it's on your cheek. There's no way Chelsea's out to arrival, but <laughs> I, I, I I would just get rid of him at any cost. I think he's a good. I think he's good at what he does. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to make this a a, a marcos alonso conversation he's not my favorite player in the world but he's uh he's good at what he does he's a great left he's a great uh left wing back i should say
0: well there you go marcos alonso and that's the last time we're going to talk about no i'm just kidding yeah, uh, yeah well <laughs> we'll probably probably bring him up in the next few minutes because you know what let's just talk about chelsea and um I saw this video on YouTube from the Sky Sports YouTube channel, and they were talking about Erling Haaland potentially moving to Chelsea, and should that be Chelsea's main target for this summer? I'll ask you as a Chelsea fan, and I also want you to answer this as a pundit. So I'm, I'm, or a pundit podcaster, um, a person that's knowledgeable about the game. So essentially, I'm asking for two answers. Should Chelsea target Erling Haaland this summer? Should that be their main target? Answer it as a fan and then as a uh, as a pro, if you want to call it.
1: Uh, the answer for, for as both is the same, and it's hell yeah. If you're serious about winning the Champions League or trying to win the Champions League, if you're serious about being a big club, then Erling Haaland is your number one target. That's for Chelsea. That's for Madrid. That's for PSG. It doesn't even matter if you have if you want if you're serious about being win about winning trophies, then Erling Haaland is on your radar a thousand percent. For Chelsea, does he make sense as a as a number one target? I think yes. Uh, he he would compliment Timo Werner, and if you look at it, him, Kai, Werner, uh, Zier, they're so they would they, be amazing on the offensive end. And it seems like Tuchel figured out the, the how to how to how to work the defense. So it ha- it's a resounding yes. And as a pundit, you can see it too. They they they're it looks like Chelsea are are tailor made for that one star, and they don't know who it is yet. <laughs> they thought it might be Werner, but Werner luckily plays two positions. He plays an auxiliary position. He's like a second striker, so you can get away with saying Werner's not it, but he's not a total bust. But you definitely need that star man, and if if you look at it, who's the guy who knocks and go? It, 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 you can, for Chelsea, it ha, they have to. That's what they have to hit on the, in the transfer market. If, if it's not Holland, it has to be a Lukaku. It has to be a Harry Kane. It has to be someone
0: who's guaranteed Whoa! You're bringing, guaranteed <laughs> you're bringing back Lukaku. You're bringing back Lukaku.
1: Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely take Lukaku. I mean, I mean you need, yeah. you, need yeah. you need guaranteed goals, man. And he's, they, they've, so Chelsea fans have had fun with that one. They've, they've got at him on Twitter and try to see if he'd be willing. And he said he's has uh, no ill will towards the club. So, mm-hmm. hey, it could happen if Inter have problems with their ownership, which is always a rumor. <laughs> stranger things have happened. Yes, you win a Scudetto and say, you know, thank you for the ride. Next chapter. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um I and when I when I heard you say Lukaku and and I had that reaction I didn't mean it to be an asshole and be like ah Lukaku sucks. I meant it as like wow, that would be some storyline and I absolutely love the narrative of a transfer of a game of of rumors whatever. That would be some story. If like in the middle of July Breaking news, Romelu Lukaku will join Chelsea on a transfer from Inter Milan for so-and-so million pounds. That would be insane. That's why that was my reaction. Not because he's a bad player. He's a very good player. But... Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. I mean, look, you, you definitely try for Haaland. Haaland is 20 years old. Mm-hmm. He's he's proven in Champions League. He's proven in the Bundesliga. He's proven in Austria. He's, he's the goods. Everybody knows it. You can see it. He's guaranteed goals. But... Say you you so the thing with Holland is he has a, the rumor is he has a release clause next summer, and it makes sense for Barista Dortmund to sell this summer even though they're gonna say they don't because the 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 uh, release clause is relatively low it's about seventy to eighty again it's a rumor I'm not in the know that's just a rumor out there so if someone makes a bid for. A, 150 120 whatever number you can think of in your head that's obviously substantially more than that figure you got to think barista Dorman are going to think about it long and hard so say you 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 have to try for, for holland you just have to and Marina, Mina royola is his agent so he's going to want the payday 100 yeah he's already he's already saying that barista Dorman don't want to sell which obviously they're going to say that they want to drive the price up he already says he disagrees. So there, it's already starting. That game of <laughs> that, that game of chicken is already starting. And yeah. I think he's going to move. I think he's going to move. I don't know if it's going to be Chelsea. Should he be the target? Hell yes. But if he's not, if you don't get to come away with him, it's not the end of the world. Like I said, you can get creative. You can go for Lukaku. You can, there's a, there's a lot of names that if you think about the fit, i Chelsea is just that one player away that like you said, that guy just has to come in and oh, he's gonna know what he has to do. He's gonna come in and bang in goals. That's all you gotta do. You don't need guys to create, you don't need guys to defend. You come in and do your job. Put the put the ball in the back of the net and you're gonna be fine.
0: Yes. Yes, 100% and Erling Haaland is a player that will probably transfer into or his 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 qualities, his his abilities will transfer into any league. So surely he won't have a rough uh process going into the Premier League as like Timo Werner has had this season or Kai Havertz or many other players, countless players have a tough time uh going and transitioning into the Premier League because it's it's a different world. I don't think Holland would have that that issue because he's built like a robot. He's six foot four, he's quick, he's strong, and he bangs goals, like you said. So there's there there's gonna be no issue for Erling Holland to to join Chelsea and to and to be immediately an impactful player. Um I think it's a stupid question that I'm about to ask, but I have it written in my notes and I don't want to do myself a disservice. How do you think he would fit in Chelsea? Do you do you go well, do you stay with a one one striker formation? Do you play with someone else? Joining him? So, I mean, what do you do?
1: So right now they're playing they're they're very versatile in the front three, in the front the the way they, they, they attack uh opposing defenses. Sometimes they play with Timo Werner and and uh, and Giroud. Sometimes they play with Timo Werner and Tammy Abraham. That was earlier. That was with Frank Lampard uh, mm-hmm. was in charge. But with Tuchel, they usually play uh, uh, three forwards and it's um, sometimes it's been sometimes Kai in the middle with with Timo on the left. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's been Timo in the middle and uh, Pulisic on the left and N'Ziès on the right. You can you can you have a lot of versatility. But I think you can you can keep. What you're doing, and Timo Werner has that guy who's just gonna bounce off of him, and I think he it'll it'll do wonders for him. Like, and that's that's why it's key. It's not only that you're gonna get Holland, who's obviously the next big thing with Mbappe in in the world stage, but you also are gonna get some a, a guy who's gonna compliment Timo Werner. Like a glove. You're going to get a guy who's going to compliment Mason Mount like a glove. You're going to get a guy who's going to compliment Kai Havertz like a glove. And it's 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 literally the perfect transfer. If you can do it, if you can pull it off, so, I mean, it's going to be costly. It's going to, uh, it's zillions, but if you can do it, you got to do it. You just, you have to.
0: Yeah, when a player like that is available and willing to move, you got to pull the trigger. You absolutely we have to. You're you're 100% right. Now, let me play devil's advocate with you. And I'm going to bring into this conversation a teammate of Erling Haaland. You might know who I'm about to talk about, Jadon Sancho. Uh, Jadon Sancho, he's been rumored to move for the last couple of summers. Not necessarily Chelsea. Manchester United has been a, a potential destination for him. But you mentioned something in um, it was like a personal call that we had, and you said that Jaden Sancho is a Chelsea fan. I had no idea that was the case. So now I ask you this: Erling Haaland and Jaden Sancho are. Let me rephrase this better. You are the chairman at Chelsea. They gave you the reins. You will call the shots, and they tell you, Mister Sued. You can either sign Erling Haaland or Jadon Sancho. You can't sign both because we splashed a lot of money last summer. We only have the funds to bring in one of these studs. It can only be one. Which one are you picking?
1: Uh, it's Haaland. No doubt about it. It's Haaland. Okay. Don't get me wrong. Sancho. I think Sancho's the goods. also. I think Sancho's going to be a great player for whoever, whoever team he goes next. And he's awesome. He's a he's an electric player. He's marketable. He's young. He's English, and fast, uh, uh, proven. So Sancho's the goods. So don't get me wrong. It's just for Chelsea. Like I said, they're that they they need that guy who's gonna bang in goals. And Sancho, although he's a, he's awesome, I don't think he's gonna get you 30, 30 goals right now. So I think if if, if presented with the two. I'd love to take them both. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I probably go Holland, and you. I think everybody goes Holland right now. I think he got high. Like he's that kid is, he's a monster, man. He's there's no way to stop him right now.
0: Yeah, and and his again his his skills his qualities will translate into any any league. Whereas, yeah, Jaden Sancho is English. Jaden Sancho did play Premier League football a little bit, but he played it. But still, it might be complicated for him when he goes from Bundesliga back to the Premier League. It's going to be played at a different pace and with a different intensity. In the Bundesliga, they let you play a little more. Um, Like with the ball on the ground rather than, you know, in in, in the Premier League, they let you play more after you foul or whatever. It's a little more more aggressive, a little more rough. So... uh, he might struggle a little bit whereas Holland again he'll translate immediately into the Premier League but yeah, I was honestly really proud of this question that I presented to you Holland or Sancho <laughs> um <laughs> it, it, it it only took me a little bit to come up with that but um yeah man i'm I'm sure that uh, th- as summer approaches we will be having more of these conversations maybe with different teams but um these are always fun. You know, these are always fun when when you start to play um, president of a club, chairman, or uh, or an agent, or something like that. It it's always fun. It's always fun, and the the transfer season is approaching, and surely Holland is on the move.
1: Yeah, and I think if we played this game last year, I I think I could have said, oh, I wish Chelsea would have got Kai Havertz and Timo Werner together in one window one time like, somehow.
0: well i mean there you go like you said anything is possible anything is possible um but yeah that wraps it up for today this was the pilot episode i am so rusty with this podcasting stuff man i haven't recorded anything in two months so yeah this was the podcast the pilot episode there we go you see i'm making mistakes left and right i feel like barcelona's defense um but you can you can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at total FUT club foot like fifa ultimate team but it's not that it's short for football um Instagram Twitter and Facebook subscribe to the podcast on Spotify on Apple podcast surely on YouTube will be will be will be on there very very soon i have to Figure out some stuff with my camera so that way we can both show our beautiful faces to the people, to the public, and they can identify the voices and the faces. Chris, you mind dropping your your social media so people can follow you and get to talk to you and uh, tell you how good you are at this? Yeah.
1: uh, I have Twitter. You can find me on there. It is Chris. S O L O D L D O L O underscore. And you can follow me on there. I'll talk Chelsea. I talk all kinds of sports. So we'll have some
0: fun on there. There you go. It's always fun to talk to Chris on social media. That's actually how we met. Great dude. Great follow. I suggest you follow him. He's likely going to be tweeting from the. Total Football Club account as well. I'll, uh, we'll, we'll yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that once we finish recording. But you'll have the all the goods if you follow both accounts. And you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at AlexPerezFC. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't tweet much anymore. I, I'm kind of just off Twitter and Instagram. I checked it for the first time today in a week. So... Yeah, I I'm probably going to have to be a little more active if I want this to to grow. But um yeah, this is it. This is uh essentially the first episode of the show. We'll be back next week. Uh we'll probably talk Champions League and all things that went down that weekend. But for now, we'll leave you with this. Thank you all so much. Have a great week. Enjoy the Champions League games. Take care. And of course, goodbye.